Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. It is my great privilege to welcome to Talk Nation Radio this week Nick Modern. Nick Modern has worked as a reporter, researcher, writer, and political organizer over the past 30 years. He is the author of Suffering Strong, recounting experiences of his first trip to Africa. He manages NoDrones.com. That's K-N-O-W, NoDrones.com, a wonderful website and resource uh, for anyone interested in armed killer drones. Um, it is devoted to education and organizing to stop drone warfare and surveillance. He was a director of the 2012 National No Drones Tour, organizer of the 2013 April Days of Action, 2014 Spring Days of Action, and he publishes the Drone Organizers Bulletin. He is also an organizer of the Boycott and Divest Honeywell campaign, begun in 2014 because of the firm's involvement in drone warfare. You can check out badhoneywell.org. His articles have been in truth out since 2008. Nick Modern, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Yes, thank you for uh, speaking with me. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, memorials and monuments. Well, um, you had a very excellent uh, article on uh, May 30th, uh, bringing up really the rather dramatic uh, devotion of the United States to uh, memorials that glorify war, uh, glorify war heroes, and uh, the uh, really shocking absence, uh, you know, inside the United States uh, of memorials to those people who uh, have been killed uh, by these wars who are not American, uh, uh, victims of uh, the Vietnam War, uh, for example, millions. Uh, and it's, a, it's, a, it's uh, sometimes uh, thought of as, uh, you know, memorials are uh, simply about the dead. Uh, so, you know, in, in this life at this moment, uh, their statues, uh, you know, we can just look at them and they really have no meaning uh, to us. But I think that uh, the thing that you you raise here is what does that mean uh, to the consciousness of the American people uh, about the wars that we're in right now? I, I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, I'd like to, you know, throw this, back to you and ask, am I uh, accurately representing uh, everything that you intended uh, to, you know, to say in this, or have I, or have I left something out uh, with respect to your commentary on monument, war monument? Oh, well, I think my thinking was, if we're going to have war monuments, they should be monuments of mourning and regret and aspiration to do without war, and they should recognize the entirety of the of the damage and destruction, including, you know, that vast majority of the victims of U.S. wars who aren't uh, U.S. people. Um, but uh, I, I'd much prefer a country in which we had 
other monuments, including peace monuments and monuments to diplomacy and monuments to war prevention and monuments to uh, cultural exchange and monuments to nonviolent movements and civil rights and women's rights and sports and arts and music and education and agriculture and, you know, something other than just war, 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 war. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I... I, I... I'm, I'm very, uh, I guess, uh, moved to think about uh, this particular moment uh, when, of course, we're we're using uh, uh, military drones uh, to attack people uh, in a number of countries as part of a larger air war, and uh, just uh, you know, uh, very recently in Germany. A rather remarkable thing happened. Um, the German uh, key parties in the Ger- German parliament uh, took a decision to uh, reject a lease to uh, basically buy Israeli drones. And the reason they uh, rejected this lease is because the drones were equipped to carry weapons. And so uh, the, the remarkable first time in the history of the world that any legislative, national legislative body uh, rejected the idea that drones should carry weapons and should kill people. Um, now, why did that happen in Germany? It's very, very uh, remarkable that it would happen anywhere. Uh, uh, for example, uh, in the United States, uh, the U.S. Congress uh, has been aware of the use of uh, military drones to kill people since that uh, behavior began in 2001. And between t- 2001 and up to this moment, to my knowledge, the U.S. Congress has held only one hearing on drone killing, has one briefing that wasn't even an official hearing. And that President Obama uh, continued to reject letters from members of Congress, one in 2012, another later. Uh, so this Congress has been totally out of out of action, out, out of you know, out of any kind of sense of responsibility about the systematic killing of what amounts to probably now more than 9,000, 10,000 people across seven countries in, in, in the Middle East and in Afghanistan and Pakistan. So the, the, the fact that the German government would, uh, members of, key members of the German Budget Committee and Defense Committee would take the position that they did not want to get involved with drones that carry weapons is right, quite remarkable. Now, in Germany, um, there, a friend of mine, Elsa, Rosbach, who's a very important organizer around uh, anti-war and anti-drone work, she pointed out to me that in Germany uh, there are a number of memorials erected in various communities to speak to the uh, speak of the people who were killed by the Nazis, and uh, at the Brandenburg Gate near there, uh, there is a huge. Uh, memorial to uh, victims of the Holocaust. And so 
Germany for uh, probably very obvious but still remarkable reasons has chosen to examine its past very thoroughly and to come to the understanding that it has been responsible for the death of millions of people and, and willingly as a part of trying to prevent that from happening again is to put these monuments up and these memorials up to remind people consequence of, uh, of this kind of uh, behavior. That's something mm-hmm. that is really remarkable and has not happened inside the United States, even going back uh, to the uh, removal and genocide of uh, hundreds of thousands of Native people um, and now their uh, concentration, their own kind of concentration camps, I think you could say, although they're not being systematically, uh, you know, uh, executed, the fact is that the conditions in, in many of these places is a slow motion execution of people. And so, um, you know, when you speak of the memorials, you're talking about something very deep. Uh, Nick, modern, isn't it the case that it's that it's obvious why Germany would uh, put up memorials regretting its past sins uh, because people in the United States, as in Germany, are taught about Germany's past sins, uh, whereas the United States government in wars just since World War II, and particularly through the use of air wars, uh, that is, dropping bombs and missiles on people, uh, has killed possibly 20 million people uh, about whom we aren't told very much. I think that's, that's absolutely right. And what we have here in the United States is kind of uh, uh, paternalistic uh, patriotism that, uh, that smeared over what is essentially a huge imperial enterprise. And there, there is a, a code of silence among uh, educators and, and, uh, on, on all levels about this, enter, this imperial enterprise, whereas uh, the Germans uh, also had an imperial enterprise. They had colonies in Africa. You know, they had uh, the, the ambitions of, uh, of global conquest. Uh, but they they essentially lost uh, and, and what was a uh, you know a, a criminal enterprise, organized crime, um, and so that was exposed. Now, at some point, very possibly, the United States will lose quote unquote, and its its crimes will be exposed to the general public. Um, but at, at at this particular moment, I'm working with some. Uh, people right now, where we uh, may well uh, erect uh, a uh, memorial uh, to the victims of the U.S. air wars, including drone wars, while these wars are continuing, to call attention uh, to them and to call, you know, call attention to the moral uh, burden and consequences of, of, of this rolling air war right now across uh, Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, Libya, Somalia, Yemen, Pakistan, we're flying not only drones, but ten, uh, you know, eight other different types of aircraft, including B-1 and B-52 bombers. 
and a campaign that, that involved a number of European countries and Canada. Uh, this is an air war that is totally concealed in its extent and consequences from the American public. There's no video of, of the, you know, periodically uh, announced civilians uh, being killed. Uh, there's absolutely nothing within the Congress uh, that calls attention to this except to see how can we do more of it. And so, um, although it's a, you know, a very tiny voice of objection, we're, we're hoping that these memor- uh, this memorial idea, uh, you know, might uh, at least uh, give some ongoing way uh, to call attention uh, to this. There's a, a uh, professor of uh, sociology at uh, Johns Hopkins, uh, Joel Andreas, he's uh, author of a, of a uh, graphic uh, essay uh, called Addicted to War, and several years ago, he gave a presentation um, at a conference of United Anti-War uh, Coalition where he said that uh, air warfare is essentially a violation of, uh, of international law. And, uh, you know, and he spoke of this, uh, millions of people slaughtered from the air. And that's essentially uh, the situation we're in right now, which is... Uh, one that will it will bear a very bitter harvest, but um, but here in this country, people are very very ignorant of this, and the politicians. Um, I mean, we've reached a point here in this country where you can have a president say, "Well, we have to make more weapons. Uh, we have to sell these weapons because this will make more jobs." and uh, at the end of World War II, and even before the end, uh, President Franklin Roosevelt said that he did not want to see any millionaires be made out of World War II. Uh, well, certainly there are many more Americans dying in World War II than are dying right now. But the basic, I mean, the essence of it is that he did not want people to be making money out of slaughtering other people, and that's something that resonated with the general public and we we have reclined you know declined into a, uh, a, a public mentality where uh, we're so abstracted we're so distant from the consequences of our wars that uh, people can look with relish on getting jobs from making uh, most destructive uh, weapons ever seen uh, by humankind and so when we speak of these monuments, they're uh, really <laughs> uh, extremely controversial because they call into question this behavior. Is, is there a campaign underway to make a monument to victims of U.S. air wars? Is there any thinking about where it would be or what it would look like? Well, right now I'm, I'm in conversation with uh, several people about that, and then we want to uh, you know, talk with more people about that. Um, one place, of course, that we thought of is Washington, D.C., um, but there, there may be other ways and other forms that this might take, but uh, it's certainly um, something that we've had quite a, a bit of uh, favorable consensus on and that we, it's one thing that we want to move, move forward with. 
it, it would be wonderful to have that as a, as a rallying point, a gathering place in Washington, D.C., um, as well as to have it uh, as an educational tool for, for tourists. Um, we're, we're speaking with Nick Mottern, uh, whose website is nodrones.com, K-N-O-W, drones.com. Nick, I get your newsletter that's always full of great news about uh, people pushing back, in particular against drone warfare. Uh, I saw activists just arrested in in Iowa, activists engaged around the country. Um, I know uh, you've been running television ads uh, in cities that have drone bases encouraging drone pilots to refuse to fly. Can you Can you give us a survey of what the what the movement against armed drones looks like right now, at least in the U.S.? I think that there are, there are two places where the, there's the most activity. One is at uh, Creech Air Force Base, which is a drone base just outside of Las Vegas, which is also connected to Nellis Air Force Base, which is a uh, basically fighter attack base and drone base near uh, Las Vegas also. And then the second most active area is around Syracuse, New York, where there's a drone control base that uh, uh, flies attacks in Afghanistan and also where there's training for the uh, drone maintenance people. And then you have smaller protests that go on uh, in Horsham, Pennsylvania, near Philadelphia, Des Moines, uh, Niagara Falls, and uh, now starting uh, in... Uh, Fort Smith uh, in Arkansas, where there's a drone base. Um, so um, even though people say drones are here to stay, quote-unquote, they are such a, a uh, say sinister uh, uh, assassination tool that the jury is, is in no way uh, delivered a, an innocent verdict on this, and more people, I, I think, are getting involved in this again. Uh, I, th- I think that we have to look also uh, at the issue of race as it, as it uh, relates to the use of drones and, and maybe w- our wars in general. Um, when police here in the United States uh, have been killing uh, black people and brown people, um, there's no real accountability. There's attempts at it, uh, and sometimes people are uh, prosecuted, but it's very rare that anything comes out of it other than money for the family of the dead dead people. Um, and even uh, even then, uh, much of what goes on in terms of police abuse toward people of color is not, not reported. We have a very similar situation with the use of these drones being used against people of color in other countries where there is absolutely no accountability and there's no concern uh, even for reparations. Uh, for the, for the families of, the, of these people. So uh, race is very much uh, a part of our wars and, uh, and a part of, uh, of the drone war. And this is something that I think needs to be lifted up also because um, when we ask ourselves uh, why people are, you know, maybe more interested in what goes on domestically for you know, jobs, well, and environment, we understand that. But we also have to ask ourselves if people are being systematically killed every single day and it's hard to mobilize people around this, does this have anything to do with the color of those people? 
or how they're characterized. Um, it, I often hear people say, well, uh, the uh, Afghanistan is like the frontier. I heard this commentary on uh, the uh, uh, Sirius Radio the other day when there was someone was speaking about the, you know, where we're at war at the frontier. Well, what happened on the frontier was a racist holocaust against Native people. And if we view uh, people in other countries as uh, savages, the way our Declaration of Independence still describes Native people, then, um, er, you know, anything is possible, and anything used against them is possible. These air wars become very possible. And at the same time, in the United States, this kind of behavior is acceptable in some way. If it's, if it's, you may not actually pull the trigger against a black person, but if you allow your police force to do this and you accept it, you might as well pull the trigger against the black person. And it has to, these wars have to be viewed in the same way, I think. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And we have uh, one political party that claims to be anti-racist and the other racist, but they both uh, support these endless wars that are in dark-skinned Muslim countries. Uh, and they might not uh, if they were in uh, predominantly white countries. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, Nick, I, uh, in terms of the, the idea that drones are here to stay and we can't get rid of armed drones, I, I, I sent around an article I read this week, and you may have, have seen it, that described the possibility now of anyone purchasing a small drone arming it with explosives and and using it as a bomb uh which struck me as incredibly dangerous and further need to ban armed drones entirely uh, what do you what do you make of that of the well, growing danger i think that i think that what you're pointing out is is very very important because uh, it's not only uh that people can start using these against each other, we have a government that basically sanctions this type of killing. And so uh, other people who have, oh, I have a different interpretation of the law. Um, I can go out and kill, uh, you know, Republican congressmen while they're playing baseball um, are, are going to uh, view the, the armed drone in the same way they view a rifle. And we have a situation then where uh, people in whole neighborhoods are going to be, you know, afraid to to go out. But in terms of, uh, you know, this is a done deal, uh, one of the most, you know, dramatic and beautiful things about what happened in the German parliament is they, that they took a position against arming drones. And um, there's a petition that Ruth's Action has started to ban weaponized drones, and I, I think that what the German parliament has done gives, gives new life to that. And it could be that people here, you know, in this country faced with, you know, their neighbors uh, deciding they're going to, you know, bomb another neighbor with a drone might want to, you know, <laughs> take another thought about how good is this uh, to be doing this around the world as, as well as here. 
Yeah, very good question. Thanks for pointing that out. The petition people can sign is at banweaponizeddrones.org. Um, we have a few minutes left. Nick, what, you, you mentioned that Congress uh, has done nothing. Um, I found it, you know, slightly tentatively encouraging uh, recently when the House Appropriations Committee finally, after years and years, uh, supported an amendment uh, by Congresswoman Barbara Lee to repeal the authorization for the use of military force, the AUMF, uh, which has, of course, been one of many nonsense excuses for illegal wars uh, over the past 16 years or so. Um, what do you make of that? Should we make anything of it? Uh, is it an opportunity to tell them to actually end the wars, not just that authorization? Uh, or is it uh, fairly meaningless? Well, I think it's very hard at this moment to tell whether that's just a, a piece of, uh, you know, window dressing to, to placate uh, people who are concerned about these wars, or whether it, it represents a, a growing uneasiness among uh, politicians about wars that have no end. And uh, when we go out in the street and talk about, you know, drone warfare or warfare in general, uh, even when I was at the Women's March, you know, with the drone right after the inauguration, people came up out of the street and said, thank you for bringing that, you know. And uh, some woman brought me a little locket of a heart and said, thank you for doing this. I think that the vast majority of people in this country are totally fed up with these wars, totally fed up with this constant killing that's going on. They have no political champion that they can associate themselves with. And in in any of these parties, with the exception of, uh, you know, Ajamu uh, Baraka in the in the uh, in the Green Party, and you look on the television, and there's no way for people to even relate to any uh, political commentators. So, uh, what I'm hoping is that, uh, you know, that kind of acceptance within uh, you know quite a conservative body. Uh, really represents a, a, you know, this uneasiness and anxiety uh, that they encounter when they're talking to constituents. I certainly hope you're right, and I think there has to be some truth to that. Uh, we've got about one minute left just to play devil's advocate. Uh, a lot of these Congress members and senators uh, clearly want a newer, better, broader AUMF, uh, and repealing the old one is a step toward creating a new one. Isn't that true? I think that, um, what, yes, I think there are many, many people who, who want to do that, and there's this tendency you know, as expressed by the, uh, the president, to go back to torture, um, to, to uh, you know, universally uh, kill anyone that, that uh, uh, presents any kind of an objection, much less a physical threat. Um, I think those things are out there. But I also believe that it's better to open this debate up and go at it rather than to have the, the assumptions made from this, uh, I would call it, ancient devastating uh, permission for universal uh, killing. 
Very well said. Uh, although I hope the debate includes the fact that Congress has no uh, no power to legalize wars, which are illegal under the UN Charter and under the Kellogg-Briand Pact, uh, no matter what Congress does. Um, we've been speaking with Nick Mottern. You can find his work and incredible information about armed drones at nodrones.com. K-N-O-W, nodrones.com. Nick Mottern, thank you very, very much for coming on Talk Nation Radio. Thank you, David. I really appreciate being here. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time. <laughs>